1: This is the John Fuglesang podcast. Good evening and welcome. This is Serious XM Progress. I'm John Fuglesang. A new study found that rats in New York City are carrying COVID-19 and researchers say they could infect humans with it. And we already know the rats won't wear masks to protect anybody because they're vermin and vermin don't wear masks. To protect others. Also, when is a bailout not a bailout? We will explain and maybe we will debate. Hey, uh, how's your daylight savings time feeling okay? Because we need that. You know, we, we need to keep daylight savings time in the 21st century to remind us that once upon a time we were an agrarian farmer economy where 19th century farmers didn't have alarm clocks. We need to remember that. And that's why you're tired. Also, you hear Newsmax is Eric Bowling? Oh, he's really mad about Tucker Carlson. He's like, how can he portray himself as a huge Trump fan on TV while saying he hates him passionately in private? Eric Bowling is so morally upset, he doesn't even feel like sending dick pics to his female co workers. Uh, oh, and finally, it looks like sex with Stormy Daniels. Wound up being the most expensive thirty-five seconds of Donald Trump's life. We're at eight six six nine nine seven forty seven forty eight. Chris Housefelt is our executive producer. The great Thea Harper. As our producer Thea and I are here in the studios. We are in the empty Howard Stern Tower, where it is uh, as the kids say, creepy as fuck. It's it's just us. I think the security guard's still here. She may have left.
0: Creepy AF.
1: Creepy AF, sorry, yeah. Uh it's it's empty and it's great to see you here, Thea. Yep. Great Thanks. to be here. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, it's it's great that the pandemic has lifted and we can come in now on Mondays and yeah. be here just you and me, just me for and you. a couple hours. Totally creep not, not not weird at all here in an empty <laughs> building. A very empty building in midtown Manhattan. And tonight, what a great show. Comedian Rhonda Hanson will be here to slay some fools in hour number two. Coming up later this hour, Daily Beast journalist Kelly Weil, who I'm really excited to have. I've read her stuff for a while, but she has a new book out that we're going to talk about called Off the Edge, Flat Earthers, Conspiracy Culture, and Why People Will Believe Anything. And it's a fascinating and gripping history of what we call the Flat Earth Movement, which officially began in an English commune in the 1800s and then spread to the early 2000s with, well, you know, the rise of social media and YouTube and disinformation that tells certain people the myths they want to hear. It actually ties in directly with the COVID-19 pandemic and the 2020 presidential election. It's a fascinating, gripping book, so I hope you'll enjoy that. And of course, all night long, we are taking your calls, 866-997-4748. Saturday night this week, uh, I'm performing with our friend Kevin Bartini for the Berkshire Mountain Comedy Arts Festival, and you are coming. We are in the Berkshires but please come on down. I'll be promoting this all over on my socials and would love to see you guys there. Also, we're going to have to talk about it. The Oscars. Thea, did you watch any? You were out of town this weekend.
2: No, I was out of town. I was in Atlanta. What
1: were, what were you doing in Atlanta?
2: Um, I attended a women in radio conference. It was their seventh annual conference and it was great. I met a lot of amazing women and um, I got a chance to connect with them and I was just really happy to be there and just be in the room and just like taking all of like, the amazing energy in the room. So it was a lot of fun. So I missed it. I was actually my flight was delayed, so oh, I was no. just sitting in the airport while the Oscars were taking place. But I was seeing what was going on on Twitter, and I wasn't too happy, so.
1: <laughs> you know, I, yeah, there's, we got to talk about it. There's many feelings. It's too bad you were at this convention over the weekend with these other industry professionals in broadcasting and broadcasting, and you had to miss Brendan Fraser's speech. Uh, he had a lot of whale metaphors in, in his acceptance speech. It's weird. I want to know your thoughts. I mean, Oscars are already a strange thing. Everything won everything. is I guess, the story of last night. Uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once dominated the awards, won seven. Now, when I first saw that movie months and months ago, I I came to Chris and Thea and I said, I saw the best movie of the year. I'm not going to like a movie better than this. And I said at the time you know jamie lee curtis is going to win best supporting actress and i said short round is going to win best supporting actor from indiana jones and and michelle yo who i've been in love with since she played with jackie chan in super cop in the 90s and i loved her in crouching tiger and i loved her in shang chi and i loved her in danny boyle's sunshine but then i saw wakanda forever and Mm -hmm. i was like oh oh yeah jamie lee curtis's performance is miraculous but angela bassett in Wakanda, folks, I can't even tell you. It's a comic book movie, and she got an Oscar nomination she's, for acting in a comic book. She was amazing. Book. She's just, by Angela Bassett standards, she's beyond. It's mm-hmm. just incredible.
2: Phenomenal. So yeah. I, I. I was heartbroken.
1: I was a little heartbroken. I'm happy for Jamie Lee. Cr- and she's wonderful in the movie. It was my favorite movie of the year.
0: I didn't watch it, so I can't well, say anything
1: about it. It is a bonkers movie, and it's so crazy. And this We're in a decade where just movies that would not have had a chance of getting a nomination when I was a kid. Are winning best picture from Moonlight to Birdman, which is a one shot lasting two and a half hours. I mean, so many unexpected and daring films. I mean, a silent movie won best picture this decade. There's so much daring stuff. I never thought a movie like this about parallel universes. It's also a, a family heartstrings drama would ever win the Oscar. And the backlash is going to start against this. People are going to say, oh, it's too sentimental. They're already doing it. And that's some bullshit. It is not too sentimental. It is actually a movie that asks questions about reality and love and family. Using the device of a parallel universe that normal dramas can't. I don't want to say anything more about that. The the filmmaking duo uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert won Best Director and Best Original Screenplay. It got the editing Oscar. Brendan Fraser won. Angela Bassett lost. And All Quiet on the Western Front, the third movie version. The original one won Best Picture 92 years ago, but All Quiet on the Western Front won so many awards, the Oscar voters are going to actually have to watch it. But we want to know your thoughts all night long, 866-997-4748. Let's do a show. First off, don't call it a bailout. Nobody... Should be mistaken, says Elizabeth Warren, about what unfolded over the past few days in the U.S. banking system. These recent bank failures are the direct result of leaders in Washington weakening the financial rules. Senator Warren wrote this in a dynamite op-ed in The New York Times. She said, when Donald Trump signed a bill rolling back too big to fail rules for banks like Silicon Valley Bank, I warned that it was putting our economy at risk. I wish I'd been wrong, but these recent bank failures are the direct result of weaker rules." These bank failures were entirely avoidable if Congress and the Fed had done their jobs and kept strong banking regulations in place since 2018. So keep that in mind for the next few days as people discuss Silicon Valley Bank. Don't call it a bailout. There will be no bailout. I I, I didn't believe it either. I was very cynical all weekend. But as of now, I get what they're saying. By now you've heard the story. Interest rate hikes led to losses for the bank on government bonds, and they had bought up all their money in government bonds they couldn't touch for 10 years. And then there was a panic from depositors and it triggered the bank's collapse. Regulators rushed in on Friday to close the bank when it experienced a bona fide bank run, the second biggest bank run in America's history. Depositors were rushing to withdraw their funds all at once. My wife's company was so tied up in this all day. I was hearing so much drama about this all day. And now people are pointing the fingers. What caused Silicon Valley Bank to crash? I mean, some people are blaming the Federal Reserve because of all the rapid interest rate hikes. That's that's burned a lot of lenders, but even more people say, "Nope, it's the Republican-led deregulation of the banks. Got rid of so many critical safeguards." But still others say though no, those regulators didn't spot the right red flags in the bank's investment portfolio. And a lot of people just blame the bank itself, and some brave people, some brave people blame You're going to say, hang on a second, who would be stupid enough to blame wokeness for this bank's collapse? You know who? The guy who might be our next president, but we'll get to that in a second. Wall Street called for a government bailout right away for this or any other bank that might collapse. But we aren't in 2008 anymore, baby. So Joe Biden stepped up and he did save the banks after another screw up. By the Republicans, And that's the narrative you're going to get here on this channel. I invite you to question it. I'm looking to learn more. But Joe Biden gave an address this morning and he told Americans their deposits are safe. He called on Congress to strengthen the bank rules, which they really need to do. He blamed Trump's deregulation, which he really deserves, just like, oh, I don't know, deregulation leading to a preventable train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. So here's a clip this morning, President Biden announcing a plan to handle the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, promising situations under control, folks.
3: Today, thanks to the quick action of my administration over the past few days, Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Your deposits will be there when you need them. Small businesses across the country, the deposit accounts at these banks can breathe easier knowing they'll be able to pay their workers and pay their bills. And their hardworking employees can breathe easier as well. Last week, when we learned of the problems of the banks and the impact they could have on jobs, some small businesses and banking system overall, I instructed my team to act quickly to protect these interests. They've done that. They've done that. On Friday, the government regulator in charge, the FDIC, took control of Silicon Valley Bank's assets. And over the weekend, it took control of Signature Bank's assets. Treasury Secretary Yellen and a team of banking regulators have taken action, immediate action.
1: Now, here's what happened last night. Janet Yellen put out a statement Sunday night, along with uh, Jerome Powell and uh, FDIC chairman Martin Grunberg. They used to be a folk trio in the 70s. Do you remember Janet, Jerry and Marty? Well, that's not even relevant here. Uh, they sort of explained how it wasn't going to be a bailout, not the kind of bailout we saw back in 2008 after receiving a recommendation from the boards of the FDIC and the Federal Reserve and consulting with the president. Secretary Yellen approved actions enabling the FDIC to complete its resolution of Silicon Valley Bank, meaning the government took it over in a matter that fully protects all depositors. Depositors will have access to all of their money starting Monday, March 13th. No losses associated with the resolution of Silicon Valley Bank will be borne by the taxpayer. I'm like, wait a second, that sounds an awful lot like a bailout to me. But it's not. Janet Yellen was on uh, CBS on Face the Nation yesterday explaining it. Nancy Pelosi said, I don't think there's any appetite in the country for bailing out a bank. And they didn't. See, unlike 2008, they didn't bail out the criminals Who ripped us all off? The investors of the bank, the people who ran the bank, they weren't bailed out. In fact, we found out over the weekend that Silicon Valley Bank paid out. And here's you ready for this? You ready for the level of evil here? They paid out all their annual bonuses for the year on Friday morning before the bank run because they knew everyone was going to come and get their money. So if you tried to get your corporation's money out of Silicon Valley Bank, and you couldn't do it, it might be because they paid off all all their bonuses first. Oh, these people are evil. But they bailed out the depositors. That's the difference. Now, I know a lot of the depositors are Silicon Valley companies. It's tech companies. Tech is not a big fan of regulation. And here comes socialism once again to save capitalism. But Joe Biden pointed out this was not Bailing out the investors in the bank. This was bailing out the customers. It's a very smart move. It's very pro business. The woman I live with said everyone she's talked to is praising Biden for all of this. Here's Joe Biden outlining a federal plan to ensure account access to all depositors at Silicon Valley Bank.
3: All customers who had deposits in these banks can rest assured, I wanna rest assured they'll be protected and they'll have access to their money as of today. That includes small businesses across the country that bank there and need to make payroll, pay their bills, and stay open for business. No losses, will be, and I'm, this is an important point, no losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Let me repeat that. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Instead, the money will come from the fees mm-hmm. that banks pay into the mm-hmm. deposit insurance fund. Because of the actions of that, because of the actions that our regulators have already taken, Every American should feel confident that their deposits will be there if and when they need them. Second, the management of these banks will be fired. If the bank is taken over by FDIC, the people running the bank should not work there anymore. Third, investors in the banks will not be protected. They knowingly took a risk, and when the risk didn't pay off, investors lose their money. That's how capitalism works. And fourth, There are important questions of how these banks got into the circumstance in the first place. We must get the full accounting of what happened and why those responsible can be held accountable. Boom.
1: So that's it, man. And Joe Biden is more or less saying under this presidency, the banks aren't going to get rich by failing. This bank was not too big to fail. Everyone responsible is going to be fired. The investors are going to get bupkis. But if your money was there, they're going to protect you. And it's not coming from taxpayers. It comes from the fees the banks already pay to the FDIC for this deposit insurance. I mean, it looks kind of like a Democratic president saving capitalism again. You know, congratulations, Bernie and Liz Warren. You're right. You've been right all along. But remember, 17 of your fellow Senate Democrats voted with Republicans to pass Donald Trump's bank Deregulation. Now, how are the Republicans reacting to all this? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, they aren't really exactly what you call unified in the messaging yet. They're waiting to see how this whole thing shakes out, if this whole thing blows up and if, or if it goes well and Biden looks good, in which case they will never mention it again. But uh, House Oversight Chair James Comer and equally dumb Florida Governor Ron DeSantis called, <laughs> they called it a woke bank. And they said that the reason why was it was distracted by diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives. That's right. That's right. They're so racist. The same racists who helped deregulate the banks are now blaming the bank's greed crash on a lack of racism. I, I, I you, you listen to Ron DeSantis. They, they, they won't argue against saving the companies, right? They're not going to argue against saving the businesses. So they're going to lean into their favorite excuse for every occasion, wokeness. Here's Ron DeSantis on Fox News.
2: It appears to me, I mean, this bank They're so concerned with DEI and politics and all kinds of stuff. Uh, I think that really diverted from them focusing on their core mission. I also look at it and say, we have such a morass of federal regulations. We have a massive federal bureaucracy and yet they never seem to be able to be there when we need them to be able to prevent something like this and so we'll see what they do going into tomorrow uh but i think it's just very disappointing kind of reminds me uh, of stuff that we saw in the financial crisis or, or in bernie madoff where you had uh, warning signs and yet the, the government that's supp- this is supposed to be their job and they always seem to whiff when it counts
1: you catch that You catch that? Oh, I love being reminded how freaking stupid Ron DeSantis is. And at this point, I can't wait to see him run. Oh, he's the smart Trump, isn't he? The man just said, well, the reason the bank was too corrupt was because the bank was too distracted because they weren't allowed to be racist. Here is Congressman James Comer.
4: Well, look. This is something that I I worry could be a trend. Usually, when one bank goes down, more banks go down. And what we've seen early on from articles I've read in the Wall Street Journal and and other financial publications is they invested a lot of cash, a lot of cash that I would assume they had from things like the PPP loan, government policy, and they invested it in bonds. And then, because the Democrats spent too much money in all their stimulus, they they bonds go down when interest rates go up. The Fed had to raise interest rates to combat the democrat inflation and then we see now coming out that uh, they were one of the most woke banks in uh, their inv- their oh. quest for uh, the esg type uh, type policy and investing you know this could be a trend and there right. are consequences for bad democrat policy and i think we need to keep an eye on all the the banking sector right now this is how stupid they really are
1: listen <laughs> joe biden just guaranteed silicon valley banks deposits And Signature Bank, get to that in a second. But this administration just saved small businesses. This administration just saved working class jobs around the nation. This administration seems to be helping keep confidence in our nation's admittedly crooked banking system. Which brings us to Donald Trump. The stupid was turned up to 11. He said Biden would go down as the Herbert Hoover of the modern age and predicted a bigger economic collapse then the Great Depression. When he is proven wrong, that will not be the case. But but here's the deal. There is no evidence whatsoever that diversity, equity and inclusion policies played any role in this bank's. <laughs> I can't believe I have to say this. Oh, my God, you dumb white men. There's no evidence that a second Great Depression is coming. The FDIC relies on fees. The bank's pay. It is not taxpayer money. That is why we say, don't call it a bailout. So how did it happen? Here's Joe Biden saying there's a very simple, disappointing reason.
3: During the Obama-Biden administration, we put in place tough requirements on banks like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, including the Dodd-Frank law to make sure that the crisis we saw in 2008 would not happen again. Unfortunately, the last administration rolled back some of these requirements. I'm going to ask Congress and the banking regulators to strengthen the rules for banks to make it less likely this kind of bank failure would happen again and to protect American jobs and small businesses. Look, the bottom line is this. Americans can rest assured that our banking system is safe. Your deposits are safe. Let me also assure you, we will not stop at this. We'll do whatever is needed.
1: Okay, so you got that Trump deregulated it. And these are the consequences. This administration saved the banks, the businesses. It's, it's the story of our life. The Republican Party makes another disaster and a Democrat comes in and mops it up. Shut up, Fox. So Trump did this old posting, largest and dumbest tax increase. And then he said uh, uh, Joe Biden will go down as the Herbert Hoover of the modern age. And he spelled modern M-O-D-R-R-N. Thea just fell down in the control room on that one. See, I'm Donald Trump, and I'm not going to be pushed around by that little squiggly uh, red spell check line. Okay, that's not what freedom is. Folks, uh, during Donald Trump's presidency, there were 16 bank failures. You didn't hear about them. SVB Bank is the first to collapse since Joe Biden took office. Now, here's the deal. Regulators also announced this weekend, and this was a bit overlooked, that New York-based Signature Bank had also failed. And that was seized on Sunday. Signature Bank. Sound familiar? That was one of the go-to lenders for Donald Trump and his family after Michael Cohen made friends with them. The New York Times reported this a few years ago. Signature Bank, which went belly up this weekend, helped finance Donald Trump's golf course in Florida. It gave him and his business checking accounts. And, you ready? Donald Trump's daughter, Ivanka Trump, was appointed to Signature Bank's board of directors in 2011. And she was allowed to carry this role out, despite the fact that this bank was lending her family money. That bank went belly up this weekend, too. And Joe Biden bailed them out as well. He directed officials to work with banking regulators to address the problems at SVB and Trump's signature bank. Treasury Department announced that all SVB and signature bank clients will still be able to access their money. And Joe Biden promised whatever's needed for the U.S. bank system because this is going to hit the stocks. Joe Biden's doing everything he's doing so Wall Street doesn't panic. That's also why he's not bragging about what a great job he's doing all the time on Twitter. They are trying to calm the markets. They are trying to make sure that the responsible parties pay and they're trying to make sure that businesses and individuals aren't left holding the bag. It's called leadership. But it is going to be interesting to see who supports Joe Biden now when he's helping to save businesses, but who doesn't support him when he tries to, you know, help student loan interest rate debt slaves. We want to know what you guys think. We're at 866-997-GRIT. Let me get one call before the break. Lance and Callie, hi.
2: Hi. Um, on the news today, when Biden was giving his speech, they also came on and said the
5: officers of the bank, once a year, get their bonuses. Can you believe it? They took their bonuses. On Friday. And then the following day, they folded after they took their bonuses.
1: They, I mean, like they, they literally paid out their annual bonuses in March in the morning because they knew there was going to be a run on the bank and they made sure that the most greedy people responsible for this were taken care of before their own depositors.
5: Correct. I wanted to make sure that got out
1: there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thank you for it. We mentioned it earlier, but it's a really important point. These guys are dirtier than Chris Christie's hamper. And again, it seems like a lot of this was really preventable. We're not taking the the heat off of Democrats, though. 17 Democrats in the Senate voted for this. And former Congressman Barney Frank was on the board of this bill. Mr. Dodd-Frank Bill was on the board of this bank. So there is a lot of skeebiness to go around over here.
5: There's someone else that sold all his stock the day before, about two three million dollars worth really before, so he had, yeah, Martha Stewart went to jail for six
1: indeed she did
5: inside information, and mm. this guy sold his stock the day before
1: and as and Chris just pointed out, it's such a woke bank that Peter Thiel keeps his money there. <laughs> Lance, thank you for the call. Let's not forget to point fingers at the evil and scream like it's invasion of the body snatchers. we got to take a quick break. If you're on hold, we will get to your call very shortly. Quick break. We'll be right back.
0: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. edu slash podcast.
1: And welcome back. Uh, let me play uh, on CBS's Fake the Nation earlier. Face the Nation. Sorry, Fake the Nation is Nagin Farsad's excellent show. Uh, Face the Nation. Here's New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy saying his state, they're not going to follow Gavin Newsom's California lead in refusing to do business with Walgreens.
2: Out in the state of California, their governor has taken the stance of refusing to do business with pharmacies that say they won't sell the drug Mm -hmm. in certain states. Are you ready to take a stand like that against Walgreens Uh, or other pharmacies? I don't
6: expect that we will take a stand like that, but we are we want Walgreens and CVS and others to do the right thing, which is to be there uh, for especially women to uphold their reproductive freedoms and not take them away. The villain here isn't the governor of California, for sure. The villain here are the attorney ge- attorneys general and governors in many, sadly, many states right now in this country that are taking freedoms away from Americans, particularly women, particularly reproductive freedom. Yeah. That, th- those are the villains in this drama.
2: Why um, are you uncomfortable putting that kind of, of pressure on companies to craft social policy
6: no we're we're not uncomfortable about that at all but we want to do the thing that gets the best result Mm -hmm. and our our teams were on for instance on friday at very senior levels with walgreens and cvs Mm -hmm. making sure they heard loud and clear that we expect them to do their part to uphold
1: women's reproductive freedoms and when they don't what are you going to do then governor phil murphy we'd love to know i love that 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 uh the california governor has decided this if you don't remember walgreens announced that they will not fill prescriptions for medical abortions the pill you take no surgery just just the pill uh they will not fill them even in states where it's legal yeah that's how scared major corporations like walgreens are of these fascists we're at 866 Let's get to everybody. Charles in Miami, thank you for your patience. Yeah, hey, how you doing, John? Good. How are you, sir?
7: I'm okay. Um, I'll be honest with you. I was a uh, little um, disturbed today. Why? Uh, I guess this administration, to me, they don't know how to seize the moment. Tell me what you mean. Meaning that um, I was listening to Biden today. And to me, when he started to explain well, these were, um, you know... The reason why this happened was because of the other administration. I'm like what, uh, or the previous administration? I'm like what previous goddamn administration? Say it, the damn Trump administration, <laughs> the Republicans. Yes, you know, I mean, it, it, they make me sick with this foolishness. Yeah, I know. I feel like we go out of our way to make to try to make things seem as normal as possible for what.
1: Yeah, that's why I don't say the former. I don't do this the former guy stuff. I I say I say the 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 bloated racist reality show clown who stole from vets that ran for president and his, twice and, and came and his, in second both times.
7: Right, and his pits or, or his drugs back. Oh, or, you know, the cephalopods, whatever you want to call them. I'm,
1: yeah, his human I mean, centipede, Mike Pence. Get me started on that guy. Exactly. Mike Pence is is the Mike Pence is so much worse than Donald Trump. I'm gonna say that again. He is so much worse than Donald Trump. Mike Pence is all the evil, twice the hypocrisy, and none of the comedy value of Donald Trump. And he will never be president. But boy, Mike Pence is revealing that it is a cult of selfishness and that ideology means nothing to these people. They will align with each other when it helps them, but they have no belief system whatsoever. And what Mike Pence is doing right now just proves it. His speech the other night... I'll probably have to do a rant about it tomorrow night because I I, I had many, many thoughts about it. But Mike Pence tried to make it like he was separating himself from Donald Trump. All Mike Pence is doing is is he's coming out and saying, forget everything I've said and done in the last 25 years, friends, and focus on this one time two years ago. I did the right thing right one time. And that's all this guy's going to talk about for the next 18. If you're sick of Democrats talking about January 6th, get ready for Mike Pence making himself a hero because he didn't commit treason one day.
5: Uh, uh,
7: that's another thing. These, these evangelicals or these uh, Catholics that vote Republican, yeah. they're starting to really make me sick. And me the reason too. why I say that too. is because all of last week, we was explaining how Fox News was lying to their viewers. Yeah. And how they can go into court and say it's you know it's okay for them to lie. Uh-huh. Well, you can't say it's okay for you to lie to the people and then still turn around and say, this is a Christian nation. And, um, you yes, know, they can. You they don't believe
1: things, anything. You know, they can say whatever. They they believe in nothing but themselves, so they okay. will say anything, uh-huh. and they will pay lawyers to say that what they're saying is real.
7: But my point is this. You can't have priests coming on there talking about uh, wokeness or abortion. You can't have the evangelicals coming on there talking about wokeness and abortion and uh, any other crap. You know, because i like to ask them, did Jesus lie in the Bible? So why is it okay for you guys to, to support this Fox News that, you know, that promotes lies and, and yeah. think it's okay? You know, uh, I got to ask that. And then another thing with Trump, we, we got to get rid of um, Garland. Because there's no way in the world that Trump could, you know, the mastermind of January 6th, still be walking around here, still making all of these speeches and I get know. away with this. Listen, man, Well, any other country that, He would be
1: banned. I know, um, but there's always the possibility. There's always the there's always the possibility that they're not putting Donald Trump in jail so Joe Biden can get reelected when Donald Trump gets the nomination again. Keep that in mind. There's a chance they put Trump in jail or they indict him so hard he's got to drop out. And then Ron DeSantis becomes president. So keep in mind. I, I think Merrick Garland knows his best chance of keeping this job for a second Biden term is if Trump's the nominee. So keep that in mind. You know, I don't need to see Donald Trump in jail. I would rather see Ron DeSantis never become president than see Donald Trump do a day in jail. Does that make sense?
7: Well, no. Uh, I mean, to you, okay, but my argument is this, John. Tell me. First of all, Imran Khan. Please. Uh, you don't know who he is. Yeah. Um former leader of Pakistan. Yeah. Look him up. But all last year when they ousted him, he was like, "Oh, this is um, you know, he did another Trump thing." And and he and he had his supporters um, you know, cl- uh, going to the Capitol so they they didn't kill him. They, you know, I don't think it's an assassination attempt, but they shot him in the leg. That's right. And uh, they they sold him down. And then lately, they, they was going to do some other march, and then they shut him down. Period. They told him no, he will not speak to the public. You know, he won't use their public airways like that. Right. And what I'm trying to say about Mary Garland is simply this: if they can prosecute people for coming over the border, and their their reasoning is because they broke the law. They simply crossed our border and they broke the law. Uh Uh-huh. Donald Trump has done. Boom. Listen, this has to be addressed and Merrick garland. All he has done is slowed everything down.
1: You don't know that. I know it feels that way, but I don't know for a fact. I mean, I
7: saw it on television. God forgive me with my lying eyes on what I saw (laughs) and what I heard that day. I know, I know, but, but... If that was Barack Obama, if that was Biden, that's... Listen, it would have never
1: gotten this. I know, but Merrick Garland's not going to bring He's not going to bring an indictment unless he can guarantee a conviction. He's not going to be the first attorney general to indict a former president in the history of this country and then lose the case. So they're going to have to have something so airtight. And maybe they already do, but it seems like they're still trying to make people flip. And my whole my and I will admit to you, Charles, my friend, my my position is very unpopular. My position is I don't care if Trump never goes to jail. I don't need to see if Orange clashes with Orange. I just need to make sure he's never president again and never appoints judges. That's what I care about. And I care more about Ron DeSantis never becoming president than I care about Trump seeing a day in jail. I just I just if if no one from Bush's administration sees a day in jail for a million dead Iraqis, I just I I don't see it happening for Trump
7: unfortunately
1: then it's gonna happen again and that's my that's my fear too um, but also remember two things charles remember two things charles they're stupid and they're losers don't forget that and they believe in nothing all these people believe in is themselves and that means they will all turn on each other mike pence was talking so tough about trump this weekend you think mike pence is going to talk the same way when he's in iowa in a room full of iowa republicans no way Like they they only care about themselves, and that's why they will all inevitably turn on each other.
7: All right. Well, thank you for your time, John. Thank you, sir. Listening to me. And listen, when you feel bad, when you feel, if,
1: if you start to worry, just go look at how much Donald Trump fucking hates Ron DeSantis, and remember, God's in charge. Okay? That's my advice to you. Thank you so much, Charles. We're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, the beautiful and funny and ferocious Rhonda Hanson joins us. And we take more of your calls at 866-997-4748. I'm sorry we couldn't. We had a problem with uh, Kelly Weil, our author, tonight. We will try to rebook her as soon as we possibly can. In the meantime, don't go away. This is SiriusXM Progress. This is Sirius XM 127. We are at 866-997-4748. We are still recovering from the 95th Academy Awards where everything, everywhere, all at once won everything. Right now, people of Earth, it is my esteemed pleasure to welcome a very funny lady to join our conversation. We are blessed to have comedian Rhonda Handsome join us every Monday night. I've known Rhonda for ages. She's opened up for Anita Baker and for Diana Ross and Aretha Franklin. She does great solo shows. Catch her on Politipod, available on SoundCloud. Welcome back to Tall, Dark and Handsome Monday. Rhonda Handsome.
2: I'm black, y'all. Welcome, Rhonda. (laughs) How are you? I'm great. I I, uh, absolutely wonderful Uh, had a wonderful family event where uh, my ex and his wife were were there and uh, my ex was singing Ziggy Stardust and my grown son and I were dancing to his father singing Ziggy Stardust on on karaoke. I mean, it was just fantastic.
1: That sounds like the happiest last scene of a movie I've ever seen. So you and your ex (laughs) get along so well. I mean, you don't just get along well. He can sing Bowie and you can dance. While he's singing. That's that's maturity.
2: Well, if we leave his new new wife out of the picture, ah, okay. we get along well.
1: Say <laughs> She's no a more. little
2: insecure. She's a little insecure.
1: You had a better you had a better family weekend than me because I had my my horrible child had a birthday yesterday and uh he 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 wanted to do one thing for his birthday. One thing he hadn't done since before the pandemic. One thing he really and he'd been asking for it thing for my birthday. Only one thing. He wanted to return to Harlem's Chuck E. Cheese only Chucky e- <laughs> Chucky e. Cheese in Harlem my son's favorite place and mm-hmm. and so I we used to go all the time I haven't been since the pandemic so yesterday we trudged up and and, and went up there we're all set and uh I found out Chuck E. Cheese in Harlem shut down recently. Oh my god! And I thought that that that's that's is that good? That's good, right? If I can't take my child to a Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> like
2: it's good, but yeah, but I have this thing where when some place that you frequent, whether you like it or the child likes it, if you don't have your Last visit, knowing it's your last visit, it's always a little rough, you
1: know? Uh, You know, I kid, I I make jokes, but I mean, like we, the last time we were there, my child had a piece of pizza and the Chuck E. Cheese pizza fell on the carpeting and I made him pick it up (laughs) before it could damage the carpet. You know, it was that kind of place, but, but he loved it. We went since he was a baby. And, and so it was like, oh no, I've got to take my child. If if there's no Harlem Chuck E. Cheese, I've got to take my child to Times Square, Dave and Buster's. Oh, Rhonda, I didn't want to do it. I was like, I don't have enough COVID masks on me to go to. But I I could see his face like, it's okay, we can go home. And I
2: thought, oh, no. Oh, I don't envy parents in this day. I really oh, don't. Oh, my wife is standing there. young children. Charmy's <laughs> on the
1: sidewalk being like, it's okay, Henry, let's go home and play video games. You can play all the games you got for your own. No, he had to go to a... <laughs> freaking arcade. So we went to Times Square, Dave and Buster's, and I still need a Silkwood shower after that windowless, airless experience. But uh, you seem to have had a much better night. I I got a big dad way out of it, but...
2: It it was great. We had a game where um, the uh, birthday girl's mother had hidden prizes inside this huge saran wrap ball. And we had to pass it around and peel off sand wrap to get the prizes. And uh, uh, it was just wonderful. It was wonderful being around family.
1: Nice. Well, I do want to talk to you about Mike Pence because he really got a lot of headlines this weekend uh, at the gridiron dinner over the weekend. Uh, not for the reason speakers usually get a lot of attention, but I want to get one call before we, before we start this story, because I, I want to play you, Mike Pence, unloading on Donald Trump in a way you've never heard before. But first, Rodney in South Carolina, you've been on hold forever. Thank you for your patience, sir. Oh, Hi, Rodney. Uh, right. Turn down your radio, Rodney. Oh, and turn off your mute. Rodney.
2: Talk to me, Rodney. <laughs> Rodney, has,
1: Rodney has left the building. Uh, while he calls back really quick, let me, let me just set this up. So, you know, they have this thing, the gridiron dinner once a year. And it's where, you, you know, journalists do it. And you, you, the politicians come and they, and they do comedic monologues. And, and, you know, Hillary Clinton did it. Obama did it. Donald Trump made his really mean and it made the crowd awkward. Mike Pence shows up and he's telling dad jokes. And he's actually got some good lines, right? He was saying, I always wanted to be the bad boy, the rebel type, the hellraiser. You know, someone like Mitt Romney. Not bad for Mike Pence, right? That's a good line. (laughs) He said he was late because he had to drop a few more boxes off at the National Archives. I'm like, you go, Mike Pence. All right, you've got someone to write your good jokes. But then then came uh, something that seemed like a joke at first, but instead it was his strongest criticism to date of his former daddy, Donald Trump. Here's a little clip of Mike Pence bringing his family into it for what Donald Trump did on January 6th at the 2023 Gridiron Club dinner.
6: But I've also made it clear that President Trump was wrong. I had no right to
1: overturn the election
6: and his words that day were reckless and they endangered my family and others at the Capitol. The American people deserve to know the truth of that day. They have every right to hold the president and others around him accountable. No one's above the law.
1: So he said they had endangered his family and he more or less used verbatim from his book. I was still angry at how his reckless words had endangered my family and all those serving at the Capitol. President Trump was wrong. I had no right to overturn the election. And in time, I trust most Americans will recognize blah, 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 blah. Like he literally just was telling jokes and then he read almost verbatim from his book. And he went after Trump as well by saying what happened that day was, uh, after Tucker. He said what happened that day was a disgrace. And it mocks decency to portray it in any other way. And then he did something really weird. He praised the press. And he he applauded them, the people Trump called the enemy of the people. And he said, uh, he said, you know, we were able to stay at our post on January 6th because you stayed at your post. The American people know what happened that day because you never stopped reporting. I don't deny that you infuriate me, and I'm sure I infuriate you, but I genuinely value what you do to keep us a democracy. Rhonda, my question is this. Obviously, he staked out ground beyond DeSantis. No one has been this willing to challenge Donald Trump like this so far. Who's he? Who's he trying to get to vote for him if he runs for president? I mean, like
2: the guy who's making his gallows for his hanging. That's That's it, right? Like
1: he's literally going for Republicans who don't like Donald Trump, but who do like the press. I don't understand this old queen
2: anymore. This uh, this is I feel like I'm hallucinating or, or something because uh, it, it it's not it, he's not going to do that on the campaign trail he's nope. not, he's not going to be able he's not going to be able to get one of those sentences out
1: No and he won't do it he's not going to talk that way in Iowa around a bunch of I mean this was Mike Pence slamming Trump and praising journalists in a room full of Washington DC journalists and Mike Pence is an incredible coward It wasn't televised. It wasn't filmed. He probably thought it was safe. We got that bit of audio there. But like, if he really cares, if Mike Pence really feels this way, why is he blowing off special counsel Jack Smith's subpoena? I mean, like if he cared at all about how his family was dragged into danger, he would want to obey a subpoena and sit down and put his hand in a Bible and tell the truth. But here's my deal. Ms. Handsome, he only cares about Mike Pence, just like Trump only cares about Trump. Tucker only cares about Tucker. Hannity, Gates, Rudy, Marjorie Taylor, the DeSantis. They serve the selfish party, but the ideology is just a vehicle in service of themselves.
2: It's true. And when you said that he was bold, speaking bold, all I had was this, uh, speaking boldly, I had this image of a marshmallow attacking the hot chocolate in the cup because he,
1: oh yes. he,
2: he, he's ridiculous.
1: Oh, he, he was hardcore. Mike Pence was so angry, he tore the tassels off his loafers, Rhonda, tore them <laughs> right the fuck off, and then gave that speech.
2: Look at me now, mother. Uh, <laughs> mother's going to have something to say about that. Oh, every time,
1: every time Mike Pence talks, I just want to, whenever he finishes, I always say the same thing. Get her.
4: I mean, every
1: time, every time, get her. Who does she think she is? (laughs) Not
2: a contender, not a contender. (laughs) No.
1: Let's go back to Rodney in South Carolina. Hey, Rodney, good to have you back.
2: Hey,
8: enjoy the show, but um, hey, Devonda. Hi, Rodney. Hey, um, I wanted to say um, the one talking about the diversity when it comes to the bank. Yeah. uh, Yeah.
1: Diversity, equity and inclusion. Diversity, equity, inclusion. What what he's saying is, Rhonda, Rhonda Santas came out and said, well, the reason why why Silicon Valley Bank crashed was because they were too focused on being woke. In other words, um, (laughs) they couldn't fight the corruption because they didn't because they cared too much about racism. They cared too much about racism. And if only they'd let more racism fly, their bank would be fine. I think that's the argument by saying that wokeness caused this.
2: You know, yeah, exactly. black people get blamed for everything.
1: Yeah, there you go.
2: <laughs> Didn't the manager of the uh, of the bank like dump his stock like the day before everything collapsed?
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And they gave, they gave out all their bonuses before, uh, they, before the run of the bank on Friday morning. But go ahead, Rodney. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
8: No, no, that, you said it perfectly. And also, just to say, we all can't be entertainers and ball players or stuff. So, we, of course, we're going to go in the financial world or in the politics. I mean, damn. Yeah. You know, fuck it. And then another thing, too, um, you know, a drill, baby, drill. Didn't Biden give the okay
1: for them to drill oil yeah more up in alaska biden's running for re-election and that's why he is now pivoting to the center on a lot of things and pissing off a lot of liberals whether it's dc getting to control their own crime policy whether it's immigration whether it's oil drilling joe biden's doing what a lot of us expected he's he's doing the pivot to the center while still throwing a lot of red meat to the left
2: yeah and then he has. Uh, stopped, Wait a minute, uh, John, that red meat he's throwing to the left is plant based.
8: <laughs> he's throwing some impossible
1: meat to the left. Go <laughs> ahead, Rodney.
8: Yeah. And then I don't quite understand this, but he's stopping uh, immigrants for uh, coming in for a little bit for a while, even if it's, uh, you know, uh, political or whatever. I can't even think of what the word is.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, yeah, they they haven't they haven't fully decided what they're going to do yet on there. You know, they're going yeah, to kick exactly. the can down the road as much as they can.
8: So what the hell? The conservatives, you know, got something to talk about a bank that only probably have eight branches any damn way. And another thing, too, you're forgetting one thing on your resume. Hit um, me. I heard the replay when y'all talked to Kendall last week. Yeah,
1: Kendall.
8: Yeah, y'all must work for the railroad company because y'all went off the rails. I mean, y'all was a train wreck. I came in on the replay. I was like, damn, what the hell happened to this
1: show? Um, sorry. Know? Well, once in a while, we let Kendall, the, uh, the angry racist, go through. And uh, I didn't think that one, that one went that bad. I don't remember what the details were. We had one guy. We had one racist from Brooklyn last week. And, uh, and my, my power went out. <laughs> so he was ranting. And, and I wasn't there. And I had to log back on. But what happened with Kendall that was so uh, offensive to you?
8: no y'all was well it wasn't offensive it just said y'all
1: was making love i kind of came in oh that yeah 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 no i i had no this is the thing to when when, here's the thing um it wasn't homophobic it was homoerotic when when kendall called in and was racist um at the end of it i had to admit to chris why it's always so sad because kendall and i were 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 married for a couple years and it was you know the sex was so hot with kendall and i say this because he's still on hold and still hear me say it uh and i said you know he's he's a great parent to our children and the sex was hot we just we just couldn't get along because he's you know an ignorant racist who believes donald trump but the sex was great the hot man-to-man sex i have with kendall all the time and uh he'll get that yeah. again when next time yeah. he calls in
8: yeah that's all i heard and oh. i was like oh my show did a 180
1: here. oh well, i hope you appreciate it now <laughs> and again it wasn't homophobic it was directed at a homophobe that makes it ironically homoerotic
8: okay then we gotta have a good
2: night
1: you too i'm glad i could clear up your concern.
2: <laughs> <Black Rodney. laughs> boy that hate humping is some of the best yeah oh i was, yeah. I was like wait why
1: didn't he like well he didn't like how we dealt with the racist but anyway kendall's a fine <laughs> fine fellow who uh really believes in donald trump and the tooth fairy 866-997-4748 uh let's go to our friend norm in tampa hello norm you're on with the great ronda handsome
5: hey how you doing how you doing around us Great, Norm. Great. I'm calling from uh, again my favorite place, uh, Desantisburg. Yes. Florida. Yes. And uh, I recently just uh, wrote my third article on this uh, message from Desantisburg. I call it, where he says uh, get woke, and he uh, states that. And I was looking over. See what I? I was looking over some of the that, that new law that they passed down here, and what they excluded and. One of the th- interesting things they he did was, you know, I was looking for support. they they excluded CRT yeah. and they excluded the 1619 project. Yes. And I said, neither wow. of which are taught in public schools, but go on. Right. But here's the thing, he just and he just he really told the truth on this one because, you know, he but he didn't exclude the the the, the black history that the, started in Florida in 1565 yeah. in the Saint in Saint Saint Augustine. Yeah, and I said, "Well, wow! You know, that's interesting. We can teach the the and it just, it's right out there. It says 42 years before Jamestown." was uh that's right the St. augustine project and i said well my god i think ron says santis has got this right and he didn't ban that that, that 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 the fact that that these were free black folk that had come down here and everything like that and i think that's something that needs to be we well noted but i, I think I as well
1: but government. you know you know your governor the only kind of history he cares about is history that makes the confederacy look good you know yeah, I, I, all of these stop woke like woke has just become the, the woke has become the be a dick reward you know it used to be yeah. you, you could you, you couldn't be sexist you couldn't be racist yeah. you couldn't be homophobic now you can be all three just just call whatever you hate woke and all and right. you're it's, it's really an umbrella term for all bigotries anything you right. don't like that is being respected is woke and it saves
5: a lot of time for racists and bigots it's very interesting and, and then i drew a comparative to, between the apartheid and and of course uh, jim crow in this third article but it was interesting how mr mandela had put it that you know if we unite and uh, and respect each other's diversity then we would become one nation right and uh that's again if you go down to, when you go to cape when you go to johannesburg and you go to the Nelson Mandela Square, there's all these murals and there's all these things that these murals of what that Mr. Mandela has, has quoted. Right. So I made sure that I included that that in his article so that that what Mr. DeSantis is doing again in, in terms of his reinstatement of the Bantu Education Act and that sort of stuff. Yeah. That it's the same thing as uh Is is a as apartheid? It's identical. It's the same thing. Well, no, no. I'm sorry.
1: I I, no, I I can't. I can't. I love you, Norm, but I can't. Ron DeSantis and his—I call them white fragility laws. You know, like (laughs) you anything you teach. Help me out with this, Ron. Anything, anything you teach that might make the child of a racist feel confused or bad? Is huh? You can't teach. That's more or less the white fragility laws. That's stop woke. That's all of his bullshit. It's just if it makes the child of a well. bigot feel weird, then you can't do it because uh, bigots children need to feel OK about their parents being horrible people. But again, as awful as Rod DeSantis is, he's, he's not actually doing segregation or apartheid. Like I, I, I just think it's disrespectful uh, well, to the people who suffered under apartheid uh, and who suffered under segregation uh, to compare Ron DeSantis's doughy mediocrity uh, and shittiness well, to that kind of human
5: rights abuse. I, I just, I'll direct you to uh, to, to Michael uh, to again Mark Rosenberg's article. Why are why Rose Mark? Y. Rosenberg, a former South African uh, citizen? Who came to this country? Who is with Columbia University? And what he says what he that say? America's future is appears to look like South Africa's past, and you know. It, 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 so, oh, uh, I, I, get, I get that.
1: I I, I get mm-hmm. that, and I have no doubt that if Ron DeSantis mm-hmm. was around during apartheid, that he would be just like Ronald Reagan and have no problem oh, with it. Yeah. Let's not forget, yeah. Ronald Reagan had no problem with apartheid and would not allow sanctions against that evil system. That's Right. I don't have right. any doubt that Ron DeSantis well, would be just as cowardly. I just
5: I just don't. One more thing. Know. Go ahead. One more thing. Just r- read the read the article in the blog and you are with dot in the norms.com.com.
1: Am I being you too woke, Rhonda? Am I being too woke about this?
2: I or am I not I think, woke enough? <laughs> I think Rhonda Santos has a plan and the if you can start the apartheid and the segregation in the mind first. There you go. Uh oh. <laughs> you're already halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> I like that.
1: Yeah, like Oh, creepy guy. I mean, what's going to happen, okay. Norm? What's going What's going to happen here?
5: Well, I mean, he's really um,
1: running for pre- he's really running for president. Trump is really scared of him. You know, Trump's terrified of him because Trump's just attacking all over the place now.
5: I say that he can't. I say that it, when you get to a debate, Trump is going to wipe him out. But this guy is horrible at debating. I he's mean, terrible. He got wipe, he really is. Wiped, well, he got wiped out by by Charlie Chris. He got wiped out by Andrew Gillum, wow. and how he got elected is—he he got wiped on out by privileges. those guys. But
1: he—he got wiped out by those guys, but he still beat them at the election. You yeah, know, George W. Bush was a shitty debater. Donald Trump was a shitty debater. It, it didn't stop them from getting elected.
5: A, the national—the national, the national uh, running for president is a total different ball game than being down here in, in Desantisburg. Uh, you know <laughs> saying what the, exactly what you're, I, you I know. I
1: agree and can I also just say that like w- I have the best Rhonda on my show every Monday night and I have the worst Rhonda governing the state of Florida because <laughs> Governor Governor Santos is just no good and uh not a good Rhonda as drag queens go right. um but he is definitely going to run for president and Donald Trump is definitely scared of him. And that's what I find. Has, has
2: Donald gotten uh, uh, the perfect nickname for him yet? Uh, what I, do you I think? He's I think, think
1: there, well, there's, there's Ron De sanctimonious, which I like. Mm-hmm. There's uh meatball Ron, which some have said is, uh, is, is bigoted because it's somehow an Italian slur. Meatball Ron. <laughs> I think he's trying to, I think, I think he's trying Andrew. to call Ron DeSantis fat, Which is sort of like having James Brown call you black. (laughs) I guess Donald Trump calling. (laughs) And then the final one, the newest one, is uh, what is it? Is it Little D, Tiny D, Tiny D? And that one I kind of like too because now he's it's it's more dick jokes from a president. So,
5: you know, my favorite, my favorite is my the Great State of Desantisburg is what I call the Great
1: State of Desantisburg. Where we're going from? Love it, I love it. Yeah, we'll see. Look, here's what I here's what I know. Ron DeSantis. Is much more intelligent than Donald Trump. He's a shrewder politician than Donald Trump. Mm. He's um, a better person than Donald Trump. And that's not saying much. That's what I know. And the entire Republican establishment thinks that this guy is going to be their Willy Wonka golden ticket. And they don't realize how incredibly low his charisma is, how much he has alienated young people and non-white people with his way over the top racism and book banning in the last year. And he just sucks it's at debate. The
5: deportation he of those
1: sucks. People. He, Oh, the stunt. The, the, the stunt. Those people weren't no. even in his own state. And they lied to those migrants to get him on an airplane, to fly him off and make the Republican governor of Massachusetts have to deal with his mess. He is
2: such a mm-hmm. little showy bitch. This is not going to go I well for Ron Ronda DeSantis. I think Ron DeSantis is going to be a sacrificial lamb.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. The worst thing that could happen to Ron DeSantis is being elected president. That's the worst. It would be bad for the country, but he would be out in one term. He would just be so hated by the time he left because the guy's got nothing going on.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I certainly agree with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let me run on... Even from Desantisburg, okay, you know, that going. Go Stay you know, safe read, down there. We're with the okay? Thank, Thank
1: you. you. Thoughts and prayers, Norm. Stay safe. Right, bye Stay bye. safe. Eight six six nine nine seven forty seven forty eight. Eight six six nine nine seven grit. I mean, Rhonda, we're still trying to make sense of like, you know, they they deregulate the trains, and you get these derailments, and this, you know, they deregulate pollution, and you have these chemical clouds in Pennsylvania they deregulate they regulate the
2: banks, the banks. <laughs> they
1: deregulate too big to fail and what a shock you've got this happening in Silicon Valley it's just like how can Democrats lose on this? You know, what I'm looking to see happen now is. Oh,
2: somehow they have a way of, of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> yeah. Democrats somehow find a way to, to fumble the ball.
1: <laughs> Our listener, Victor Estrada, just says, I'm listening to your show with Rhonda here in California, and the oil companies are running ads blaming the U.S. for not opening up new drilling sites. I guess Alaska isn't part of the U.S. And that's the damn thing now. Like, you're going to see Joe Biden start to do a lot of things to pivot to the center and really, really piss off environmentalists and liberals. He's going to okay this Alaska oil project, which is going to really be a blow to his green base, and they're going to be mad. And this is what Democrats do to get reelected. They say, look, I'm not a crazy liberal. I got the liberals of my own party all over my back. Then he's going to go after the Republicans on, on Social Security, on drug prices, on abortion. And then when they come at him on crime, he's going to show, look what I'm against to fund the police. And I just uh, overruled what D.C. wanted to do with themselves. They'll come at him on immigration and he'll say, look, I'm going to have family detention still. I'm going to be like we're about to witness the pivot to the center on every issue where Democrats might be vulnerable with swing voters. We'll see how Biden does when he starts pissing off the people who've been fighting for him for two years.
2: Well, he didn't care about all the black people that Clyburn begged to help him get in, and uh, he's, I, I he's, wouldn't
1: say that. I wouldn't say that.
2: I'll, I'll say it for you. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> all right. Let me go to Brian in Oregon. Hey, Brian, welcome.
2: Hey, you
9: guys. Hi, Rhonda and uh, John.
1: Hello. Um,
9: hi there. <laughs> hi. Uh, I think the best thing that actually that could happen to Florida is that Ron DeSantis runs for governor because apparently he's got to resign governorship to run for president.
1: Does he? I'm not sure that's true. I've heard that. Oh, okay.
9: And so I think when, re- when he was running for when he was running all the way around so he won't win presidency and he won't be the governor.
1: I'll have to check on that. I know last year, you know, Charlie Crist was uh challenging him at every debate saying, "Will you sign a piece of paper saying that you will serve the term if you're elected?" And DeSantis wouldn't do it.
9: No, he just stood stood like a like a mummy. Um <laughs> but <laughs> my uh my thought is I, um, I'm realizing now American livestock has more female reproductive, women's reproductive health care mm. than a lot of American women in like South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Texas, and Ohio. What do you, in Missouri,
1: d- unpack that for us. What do you mean by saying that?
9: Uh, livestock got, is all I good. mean, they can have a uh, cows and sheep and what and pigs can have abortions. Um, and uh, they get really good postpartum care and pre and post pregnancy type checks. And. Um, mm and there's no do cows uh, have like a cows have no like watching a watching their period monitors yeah the cows have uh, a 6
1: week waiting period before they can terminate
9: There's no 6 week waiting period and i've had some ghastly experiences with you know pregnancies have gone wrong with with cows and we we deal with it humanely not like these weirdos in texas and other places
1: <laughs> think of all the veal Think of all the
2: veal.
9: <laughs> <laughs> when, you were not What I've dealt with, but, uh, <laughs> and then, be, but you're right. More
1: veal. But then we come to America, where we see nonstop these people who have no interest in what's actually in the Bible use the Bible as a way to strip reproductive freedoms from women. For the life of me, Rhonda, I don't understand why there hasn't been a conservative pro-abortion rights movement in this country. That not there a conservative argument to say that private individuals should not have the state telling them the choices they can make with their own bodies? I mean...
9: I, oh, it's just... Yeah, uh, you would hope so, but...
1: No, I wouldn't expect anything from
9: this They're guy. too much, you know, and, and it's against the Bible, too. They're into power and money. Like, look at that Roberts, Pat Roberts. Uh-huh. And uh, Franklin, uh, you know, Graham. Yeah. All these wingnuts are into, into money and power, and uh, that's it.
2: Rhonda? The sense of control is overpowering, the need for that, uh, and uh, I, I hate to, for It always to be focused on abortion. I feel like it is respect for women's health. If that's for me, that's essentially what it's about. That is my point.
1: But there's going to have to be a number of dead women and even more lawsuits before we can have a national dialogue on that, it seems, because the media is not picking that up.
9: Yeah, the whole to me it just is mind-boggling and obscene what what's gone on in the last year, year and a half, two years.
1: It's incredible, but at the same time, it's not because Rhonda's so, right. These people don't give a shit about abortion; they really don't. If they if they wanted to stop abortion, they'd be fighting for greater access to birth control. They'd be fighting for sex ed in the schools. They want to control women, folk. Exactly. That's it.
9: That's my yeah. I think so too. They <laughs> welcome to uh, before nineteen twenty, I guess.
1: Right. But right now there's these five women in Texas who are suing the state for denying them access to abortion because of their health problems. They were denied abortion, even though their pregnancies endangered their lives. And the lawsuit is claiming now that doctors are terrified to treat pregnant women who are having health crises with their pregnancies out of fear of punishment. And I tell you, man, these are conservative Christians, which means they are not pro-life, which means, Rhonda, women are going to have to die. Before this becomes a real issue in this country, because we it, still don't yeah, treat it as a as a public health issue. Let me let Rhonda respond. Yeah, yeah, Rhonda. I I, sorry, it's okay. Well,
2: we we have almost gone full circle back to the illegality of doctors caring for their their female patients like this. I mean, it's obvious, John. If if all of these restrictions and controls were put on men, I mean, they would not even be mentioned. It wouldn't even be whispered. You're right. Right on, yeah.
9: And I think I've never heard of a, a veterinarian being uh, threatened for uh, performing abortion on a cow. or. A
1: That's a great point. Sheep. Why aren't these people speaking up about abortions and, and livestock?
9: Yeah, and, or even dogs or cats. I mean, you know, all, uh, <laughs> we're all mammals, and it happens no matter uh, if you've got four legs or two legs.
1: But, but you know what? You actually make a really good point, Brian, and I'm I'm surprised by you. Uh, <laughs> because... <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I but, farmers, that but you're you're brilliant because farmers know there are many, many times when because of medical mishaps you will have to terminate the pregnancy of a farm animal. And it's very sad and it's very unfortunate and no one wants to do it, but sometimes it is necessary. And they don't seem to extend the same courtesy to human women. I love your point. You're exactly yeah. right.
9: Oh well, thanks and, and you know sometimes they get septic like the women. And uh, you got they just die, or you have to euthanize
1: them. Mm.
9: So it it's highly yeah. similar, I think.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Anyways, it's a great point. Thank you for the call, man. Cheerio. <laughs> Cheerio to you. Okay, Rhonda, can you stick around with us until the top of the hour?
2: Absolutely.
1: I'm going to be thinking about cow abortions now all night long after that. <laughs> but you know what? He makes such a good point. No. they don't care about abortion folks they don't care about the bible they haven't read the bible if they'd read the new testament they'd be against the death penalty they'd be welcoming the stranger they'd be saying hey he who picks up the sword dies by the sword it's not about the bible it's not about abortion it is about controlling women let's take a quick one we'll be right back with some more thoughts with the great Rhonda Hansom. this is progress Tomorrow on the show, the return of uh, Diana Butler-Bass, one of my favorite theologians. The Rude Pundit is here, Natalia Reagan, with another edition of Shit You Just Can't Say, Dr. Tracy Pearson. And coming up, the return of Ernie Hudson. I sat down with Mr. Hudson last Friday. We had a great conversation. Uh, Ghostbusters is mentioned in the very end. He has a pretty interesting scoop. And we talked about his new movie with Woody Harrelson, uh, that film Champions, about the uh, basketball players in the Special Olympics. And then, uh, just this just in, Katie Sackhoff. Battlestar Galactica and known to you a lot as uh, Bo Katan from The Mandalorian will be joining us later on this week. In the meantime, Rhonda Handsome, it's so good to have you with us.
2: Oh, I I love it. Uh, But I also love irony. Uh, I was looking at a story about a man, uh, Lynn Council, who in 1952 was arrested for a a convenience store robbery that he had nothing to do with. Nothing to do with. And It was only, I think, in the uh, 2019 that uh, he was released and the the sheriff apologized profusely and gave him honors. This man has been in jail all of this time. But do you know, one of the honors he, he was given was the key. To the jail he was given a key to the jail (laughs) who's
1: going to give him the last several decades of his life I, i understand the deputies tried to lynch this man in 1952 north carolina it was
2: it was horrible they actually tried lynching him but they they hung him for only a minute it was only a minute because they were trying to intimidate him into confessing that he had done this robbery which he hadn't done and he was as shocked as anybody you know when they actually took him down from and he wouldn't and he
1: even when they were hanging him from a tree he would not confess
2: he would not confess and uh, and now anytime he wants to walk into the jail he's got his own personal key
1: (laughs) 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 this is amazing this man's in his late 80s now And I know in in 2019, the entire police force of Apex, North Carolina, officially apologized to him. Everyone.
2: Well, but the entire force was in on it when, when he was railroaded, literally, you know.
1: Rhonda, what's the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all your comedy doings?
2: Oh, on Facebook, Rhonda Handsome Comedy on Instagram. I'm Rhonda Full with two L's and on Twitter at Rhonda Handsome, like a handsome man without the D.
1: You don't need it. You don't need the D. Ah, hey, thank you, Miss Handsome. It's so good to My see pleasure. you. My pleasure. This is SiriusXM. I'm John saying Peace.